The following recording is offered by the Village Zendo. For more information, please visit villagezendo.org. Good evening, everyone. Good to be with you this evening in New York. Here we're having a uh, beautiful, balmy uh, summer evening. So those of you who are in the city, I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, I thought I would talk today about uh, uh, grasping an aversion, uh, which uh, you know, we're told in the Four Noble Truths uh, are the basis of suffering. And I think all of us uh, in Zen practice uh, know uh, that we came into the practice and throughout uh, our practice, there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of grasping. Uh, I certainly came in uh, wanting to grasp after enlightenment experiences. Uh, and uh, I know I'm not unique. Uh, for coming into practice uh, with this mind, because I just have to look uh, back at uh, the great ancestors, and uh, I see that they came in with uh, the same mind. Uh, Weka, the second ancestor, as Bodhidharma, my mind is not at peace, Master. Please set it at rest. For me, Bodhidharma said, place your mind before me and I will set it at rest. And Hueka said, when I search for my mind, I find I cannot grasp it anywhere. Bodhidharma said, I have completely set it at rest for you. Ahueka's successor, uh, Sung San, was uh, similarly desperate. Uh, he suffered from a terrible uh, disease, uh, leprosy, uh, Hansen's disease. And he came to Hueka saying, uh, I'm suffering from this terrible disease. Please, Master absolve me of my sin. I guess the idea being that if you got sick, it was because you had done something really bad, something wrong. So he said, please absolve me from my sin, release me. Quaker said, I'll bring out your sin and I will release you from it. Song San says, when I look for my sin, I find I cannot grasp it anywhere. Waker said, I've completely absolved you of your sin. And Song San, uh, as a result of this experience, went on, uh, at least by attribution, uh, to compose one of the most uh, famous poems in Zen, uh, a poem called uh, Faith in Mind. Well, 
Why faith? For the simple reason, if it cannot be grasped, then what is there left but to rest in the mind, to have faith in mind? So in his poem, uh, Faith in Mind, uh, Sangsan said, Attaining the way is not difficult. Simply give up picking and choosing. When you have let go of grasping and aversion, then you will completely understand. So our dualistic minds look at something like this and and we think, the way is uh, uh, to get rid of having likes and dislikes. Uh, he also says, uh, if you cut off uh, words and speech, it will appear before you. And I know probably everybody here sitting Zaza and has tried to push those nasty thoughts right out of their head so they can have this calm mind that they think they need to get. And yet, that can't be what he's talking about. That's more grasping and aversion. Uh, Trying not to have grasping and aversion is itself grasping. It's quite a dilemma, and I think many of us uh, can relate to it. So, what did Hueca see when he could not find his mind, when he could not grasp his mind? What did Song San? See, when he could not find his sin, when he found his sin was ungraspable. Uh, I would suggest that they found that their grasping and aversion were completely illuminated by the light of the Buddha Dharma. It wasn't about attaining any particular state of mind. It wasn't about attaining a mind of no grasping, no aversion, not attaining one, but realizing that your mind as it is, is precisely the mind of no grasping, no aversion, that words and speech, just as they are, are the illuminated dharma. That there's nothing to grasp for, that there's nothing uh, to push away. That wherever you look, it's illuminated dharma, just as it is. 
just as surely as the Bronx is in the north and Brooklyn is in the south. And the Hudson and the East River on a, are on either side. Or as Dogen said, I didn't attain anything in Great Song China. I just discovered that my eyes were horizontal and my nose was vertical. So the more we develop faith in mind, as Sung San suggests, the more we can open our hearts and our minds to the fact that our life experience, just as it is, happy, unhappy, tragic, joyful, is nothing other than illuminated dharma. Why does it require faith? Well, it requires faith because as Hakuin says, the illumination of the Dharma, the pure light with which it shines is completely black. It's black because we can't separate ourselves from it even for an instant. We have to open our hearts, open our minds, practice, practice the precepts, and take a step, not knowing. And then take another step. And then take another step. Realizing that all we encounter, both supposedly internally and supposedly externally, which just appears because we use a fictitious self for a, re a reference point, but all that we encounter, our thoughts, our loves, our hates, our grudges, trees, birds, playgrounds, sky, earth, all that we encounter is simply the illuminated dharma of our mind. Having faith in it isn't a matter of saying, oh yes, I believe it is, I believe it is. No, it's simply being willing to be vulnerable, being willing to take that step with an open heart and an open mind and to practice without judgment. Frequently we'll find we're grasping after something or we'll say something like, well, God, oh, that fire engine is going, going by my window. How, how can I possibly sit Zazen? Grasping and aversion will not stop. But when we sit up straight and open our hearts and minds in Zazen, our very grasping and aversion becomes the illuminated Dharma, just the way they are. Uh, I ran across an amusing uh, story uh, told by Matthew Sullivan. Uh, some of you might have read his book. He recently 
came out with a new translation and uh, commentary on the Blue Cliff record. And uh, uh, he told a story that uh, I think that we can, uh, uh, I don't know, it sort of gets to the heart of the matter for me in kind of a humorist way. He said when he was a kid, his aunt took him to an amusement park. Uh, and uh, she told him she'd buy him a balloon. And the balloon vendor had two kinds of balloons. Uh, one of them, the balloons had rocket rocket ship on them. On the other one, uh, on the other hand, he had balloons that had a dog on them. For the life of him, this little kid could not decide which balloon he wanted. Uh, he went for the rocket ship, then he wouldn't have the dog. If he went for the dog, then he wouldn't have the rocket ship. Went back and forth, back and forth. It's sort of like my mind when I lose track of myself and say, well, what should I do? What should I do? Should I make my try to make my mind peaceful? No, no, that's not the right. Let me try not to make my mind peaceful. Let, let me let it rest just as it is. Blah, blah, blah. We've all been there, right? So this little kid was there with these balloons. Do I want the rocket ship? Do I want the dog? Which should I choose? Which should I choose? So finally, uh, his aunt gave up and just bought him one at random. And when the kid calmed down, uh, she gave him the balloon. And then they could see on one side of the balloon was a rocket ship. And on the other side of the balloon was a dog. They were both the balloon. Grasping and aversion are both the illuminated Dharma. Our troubled, fretful minds and our calm, peaceful, joyful minds. They're all the illuminated Dharma. Our earnest attempt to practice the Buddhist precept and our failure to fall, failure to live up to our own standards and our repentance over and over again. This is all nothing but the illuminated Dharma. This is how we manifest the mind, this mind in which we can have faith. Uh, when I think of uh, lighting up the mind, uh, appreciating the luminous nature of our experience, I, I think of, of the story of Tokusan when he was a, a young and rather smart ass lecturer on the Diamond Sutra. Uh, many of you are familiar with this story. Uh, so he went down to the South because uh, he heard that they had a teaching that went beyond words and letters. And since he made his living teaching the Diamond Sutra, it must have felt very threatening to him. And so um, uh, 
he went down south and he was going to uh, uh, knock all these uh, Zen people into a cocked hat and show them what was what. And uh, as he was traveling along, uh, he came in to a little rice cake stand by the side of the road. And there was one of these old women of Zen who uh, uh, almost always are enlightened beings uh, teaching the Dharma through their practice. None of them mentioned in the patriarchal records, but they were there. Uh, they were practicing. Uh, they were lighting up the way for people. And so Tokusan uh, wanted a cake. He, he was hungry, and these cakes apparently were called uh, light-ups. Uh, and so uh, the old woman said, well, I, I'm going to ask you a question about the Dharma uh, Diamond Sutra, and if you can answer it, uh, I'll give you a light up for free. And if you can't answer it, then uh, you won't get anything. So she uh, asked him, past mind is ungraspable. Present mind is ungraspable. Future mind is ungraspable. That's what the Diamond Sutra says. Tell me, monk, which mind will you light up? And Tokusan couldn't answer, of course, and had to go see a Zen master. Um, and many of you are familiar with where the story goes on from there. But I think what strikes me most as I think about uh, the story of the ungraspable mind is the question. Which mind will you light up? In a way, I think that became the koan of Tokusan's lifetime. So he went to see uh, uh, Ryutan and uh, had his enlightenment experience there. And he tried to light up his mind by burning all his notes on the Diamond Sutra. He still thought he had to put, put down words. And later on, he became a fierce master and he uh, lit up the mind uh, by striking students and saying, uh, if you say yes, you'll get 30 blows on my stick. No, it's 30 blows, both yes and no. 30 blows and neither yes or no. 30 blows. And he lit up the mind quite a bit that way and became a very great teacher. And yet the process never ends. And in his old age, he lit up the mind by becoming a gentle, rather feeble and confused old man. 
and taught his students right from there. Coming down for the noonday meal at the wrong time, patting his attendant on the back when the attendant challenged him. And so on. And so wherever we are in the practice, I think we can make that koan our own. How do you light up this ungraspable mind? It's not separate from what Sung San calls faith and mind. You open your heart, you open your mind, you practice Zaza and you practice the precepts. You illuminate and are illuminated by the three treasures of Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. And then not being able to grasp anything, not knowing anything, you take the next step, and then the next, and then the next. And the great way inevitably appears. The great way is not difficult, just avoid picking and choosing.